Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, June 25th, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 83 at the last paragraph, if we are painstaking. Today's readers are the 12 steps of OA, Cassandra, the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous, Rachel. And our readers of the text are Penny C., Sally, and Michelle H. The reference number for Tuesday, June 24th is 6538. Again, that is 6538. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is, that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Cassandra to please read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning, visionaries. This is Cassandra H., a compulsive eater from Georgia. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous are... One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks, and I pass. Thanks, Cassandra. And I will now ask Rachel to please read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Rachel? Good morning. This is Rachel. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic. The 12 Traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are not trust, are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Rachel. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, on page 83, starting at the last paragraph, 
if we are painstaking. And I will now ask Penny C. to please begin our reading. Penny? Good morning. Thank you, Katie. This is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And, of course, we've read this in its entirety yesterday and then shared on some of the promises at the beginning. And, yes, that's what, what we've dubbed it. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't say this is, these are promises, but that's what we've come to know. And I think, know them as, and I think the first 100 are giving their experience, Bill's writing of their experience here, that this is how, what they saw in themselves after completing step nine. So how did they do it? They did it painstakingly. That means with care and, and thoroughness. And, and I see this that, yes, we talk about this as coming right after the ninth step, but we don't do any of the steps in isolation. So to me, this means that we have done every step up till now with thoroughness and carefully. And, and the big part of that from, I see is the spiritual part of this, that day by day, these promises will only continue to be true and will only continue to show themselves in my life if I continue to enlarge my spiritual life. All through, all through the literature, the book that we've read so far, keeps repeating that theme over and over again, that this is a spiritual program, that it is a spiritual solution, that we must pay attention to our spiritual practices, or these promises will fade away. Because soon as we, as I, soon as I see the word "if," I say, "Up, oh, it's a warning." Because, yeah, if we do, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, but what that implies to me is that if I am not painstaking about this phase, if I haven't been thorough and done this to the best of my ability with honesty, then these are not going to come true. So it only, it only says if we do this and we really take it seriously and we keep God as our guide and painstakingly do every single one of the steps till, till this point. So with that, I will pass and thank you. Thanks, Penny C. And prior to sharing, 
I am going to guide our group today to please begin our first round of comments, beginning with line seven. We will lose interest. So if we could guide our comments to share on we will lose interest in selfish things through the line, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Those are the promises that we are going to focus on during this first round of sharing. And I will welcome the meeting to open on that sharing. This is Haya. Haya, please go ahead. Thank you so much, and thank you for your service and for what you shared. This is Haya, very grateful, compulsive, recovered, compulsive, and Denver, Colorado. Um, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. What is it teaching me here? I was thinking as I was preparing for the meeting this morning, you know, that it says, if we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know. It's future tense because we know at the end it's going to say these promises come sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly if we work for them. And so what this is telling me my understanding and my experience is that once I am engaged in the ninth step, I have committed and, and commenced this way of living. What's this way of living? This way of living is looking at myself, um, identifying when I'm resentful, when I'm selfish, you know, I mean resentful, when I'm fearful, um, you know, to look at myself and say, where have I been selfish? Where have I been self-seeking? and then be able to turn outward towards others. This is what these skills that we just learned in steps for up until this point, we learned this skill set, and I'm practicing it. And what does practicing it do for me? It makes me more interested in others. It makes me less self-seeking. It makes me less selfish. Why? Because I'm looking at it and I'm seeing in living color very often um, in the in my present life, right, because I'm human, so I'm going to make mistakes, that, wow, I was selfish in this situation. Or, wow, look how self-seeking I was. I was, you know, thinking about me and, and then be able to turn it around. So it's, it's a very practical application. And this has been my experience. I my ex- came into this program extraordinarily wrapped up in self, sometimes good motives, sometimes bad motives. It didn't matter. What I was able to identify was that it was all about me and what I wanted instead of looking at others, instead of what God wanted. And now, as a result of these steps, having a connection with God, um, and and when I took step three, you know, those that know me, and I'll I'll end with this, those that know me know that whenever I share, I usually tie it back to step three because it's like, hey, you guys, I took step three which means my life is no longer my own. My life is now God's life. And so I'm taking my marching orders from God. And these directions have taught me to look towards others, to do what, you know, to see what God wants, how God wants me to behave, how God wants me to act, and, and that a life run on self-propulsion is futile for me um, because I can't afford to go back into the food. And so my only choice is to accept this spiritual health. Uh, the spiritual help, and part of the spiritual help is this identification of where I'm selfish, where I'm self-seeking, where I'm thinking about me, and turn instead out to others. So I am so grateful for these skills 
that I get to apply on a daily basis and that I get to live these promises on a daily basis. And you can too. You can too. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kaya. And this is Katie G. And I just wanted to share really quick on one line that just blew me away this morning. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. So what's my attitude? It's an angle of approach. How am I approaching my day? What's my outlook, my view, my my mental attitude? And what is change becoming different? And I have to share that, um, you know, before my attitude was, how can I get what I want? How are you going to give it to me? How is your behavior? What are you doing? And how is it implicating me? And how is it getting in my way? You know, and I was the main person in that. And because of my daily commitment to my step work, because of me living in 10 and 11, because guess what, guys, Katie the IM comes on again. But what is such a privilege is I, like um, before, if I had a situation like a hard job, I remember I would call people in program, bawling my eyes out every morning, being like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And now as one of my big book heroes says, like, I get to do this. I'm, uh, I'm currently in a challenging uh, placement professionally, and, you know, even when I don't want to, I get up in the morning and I say, thank you, God. I get to do this. I get to show up as an honest woman, as a clean woman, as an abstinent woman, and I get to be of service today, you know, and it's all about acceptance. Okay, this opportunity has occurred into my life. I have a choice. I can either die a food-addicted death right? I can go back to the food. I can hate other people and act like a victim. Or I can say, okay, I surrender. I'm going to show up the best Katie as I can today. And I'm going to trust that this moment is directly circled on the map for me. And I, and that is revolutionary for me because I would get up every morning in abstinence when I was in the food and all I could think about was me. Today, I remember people's birthdays. I ask how other people are doing and I want God to use me. I practice the willingness to bear discomfort, to walk through hard things, you know, and that is such a miracle. And the only way I get it is going back through the steps over and over again, which is what we're doing. And, you know, as the previous speaker said, looking at, okay, when I have a problem, who's the problem? Who's the common denominator in this job? Is it the job, another job, or is it Katie? Is it Katie needing an attitude change? If, you know, in relationship with someone, am I constantly criticizing him and character assassinating and bringing him down? Or am I saying, God, how can I be of service? How can I accept that other people are going to behave the way they are going to behave and surrender? That this is the opportunity for me to show up and practice compassion and tolerance and patience and love. And I could go on and on, and I am not going to, I promise. But if you want to become an entirely different person, hang around and keep hanging around because the miracle for me is is that it, the steps don't end. I don't ever complete the steps. I continue in a circular fashion. And for me, every day is an opportunity to see, oh, my gosh, he's using me again because I'm asking because I'm living on the firing lines of life. So, anyway, that is my revolution today, and uh, I'm really excited to be here, and I want to welcome continued sharing on these three lines, please. Renata? This is Larry. Monica? Okay. Wow. Okay. So, awesome. Let me... So, did I hear Renata? Yes. Okay. So, I heard Renata, Larry, Monica, but before I heard 
Larry and Monica, I heard one other voice. Is that correct? Amy. 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 Delightful. So I have Renata, Amy, Larry, and Monica. Is there someone that I have met? Lavia. Leia and Ravia. Anyone else? Okay, so we have our lineup, six speakers, Renata, Amy, Gary, Monica, Leah, Ravia, for three minutes each on these three lines, and we'll begin with Renata. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. This is Renata, Recovered Compulsive Reader in New York. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. I'm going through a situation right now that, you know, shows this promise in my life. Um, my sponsor kept telling me, you know, uh, I want you to listen to a vision for you because that's, you know, like your chemotherapy. And I said to her, well, I can't because at 7 a.m. I'm at the gym. And, uh, you know, so like every day I would listen to about 10, 15 minutes of the the first part of the meeting and then I have to go into work. I drop everyone off, and then I'm able to listen to about 25, half, 30 minutes of the second half. And, um, you know, for in the last couple of days, God started putting in my heart that I should make the meeting my priority. You know, this meeting has saved my life in a way of, you know, I finally heard what I needed to hear about my disease and understand how the steps are so crucial to to living, to my recovery, and I, I would never feel free if I didn't work my steps. And, uh, you know, today I am recovered. I have a connection with God. I am abstinent. I work the steps whenever I feel restless, irritable, and discontented. And this is, you know, now God's putting in my heart that it's time to give back, to participate in the meeting, to do service, to make phone calls, to be present, and not just be like, oh, sorry, I'm too busy, i got to go to the gym. What if everyone, all these recovered people who listen every day in a meeting, went to the gym at 7 a.m.? Then there would be no meeting. And so for today, I'm willing to, you know, make changes and give up a few things so I can really participate and be present. And I thank you, God, for that. Thanks, and I'll pass. Thank you, Renata. And Amy, please go ahead. Good morning. My name is Amy. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you for your service, Katie. Thank you, everyone, who has shared a powerful couple of sentences here. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. I mean, what is the goal of this book? Uh, the goal is to give us a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And, you know, we've just finished here doing our nine-step amends. And it's very clear that what we're doing now is learning how to not only self-introspect to ourselves and things that we have done and actions and behaviors in active compulsive overeating, but we're learning how to relate to others. We are literally, you know, joining the human race. Where am I? Who am I? in relation to others in my community. And this beautiful program has now given me a purpose 
because now I'm starting to have a message to carry. I have a relationship with a higher power. I'm working on myself. I've been giving a purpose. I am learning that through these amends and through this process that I'm going through, that I have a message to carry of, of depth and weight through this book, through these 12 steps, that I have a purpose. Self-seeking will slip away. It's like an awakening. You know, they talk about a spiritual awakening. I am turning. I mean, what this program boils down to, in my humble opinion, is turning from a self-centered life to a God-centered life, to be of purpose, to be a purpose for God, to be God's vehicle through which this message is carried. And it's incredibly powerful. I mean, it talks about in how it works that we must get rid of this selfishness and self-centeredness or it kills us. And it becomes very clear to me through this process, having gone all the way through to nine, that that self-centeredness and looking at me, myself, and I did nothing but kill me in this disease. But as I start to transform and change through the process of working these steps, particularly step nine, which is why the promises are put after step nine, is that I now am starting to be transformed. I am having that personality change that I'm realizing, being restored to sanity, that my life run on self-will was a disaster, was a train wreck, and it was killing me. And now as I look outside of myself and I look to others and I make amends and I start relating to others in a different way, I realize the purpose and fulfillment of being in relation with my, with my fellows, of, being, of, of looking outside of myself instead of constantly self-seeking. I'm seeing the rewards and the benefits and the fulfillment and the purpose in my life by looking outside of myself, by looking to those around me and thinking, how can I be of service today to my fellows, to my fellow sufferers, to get on my knees in the morning and say, God, how can I be of service to you today, to look outside of myself? And the more that I do that, the better I feel and the more I'm able to relate to those around me and the, and the better everything is. You know, how does this happen? Through the process of working these steps, we become transformed. My self-seeking slip away and my attitude on life, like Katie was saying, has started to change. And it is a beautiful transformation because the rewards of looking outside of myself are unimaginable. And these promises come true in my life through working these steps. It all happens through the steps, through the steps, working the steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Amy. And Larry, you're up. Good morning, Katie. Larry, recovered um, compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, you know, I used to think that this program was only for the special people, you know, the <laughs> the, the super passionate or the, uh, you know, the, the, the ones that had all, that seemingly had all the things that I didn't have, you know, that I, you know, I was introverted. You, you might be surprised to, to hear that, but, but I, I'm an introvert by nature. Um, the... Uh, I, meaning that no, I could I could I could be in front of a, a class, let's say, and, and teach and, and and be comfortable in that realm, let's say, or or on the on the phone here and be comfortable in that realm, but um, but but I'd much prefer to be uh, by myself. You know, it's my natural instinct. I need to recharge that way and 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 uh, small 
um, talk in a, in a social setting and so forth are not, not my, my forte. You know, but here's the point in bringing it back to what we read this morning. This program is for anyone. Anyone could have, could get to this recovered state. You don't need to be special. You don't need to be passionate. You don't need to be, when I say passionate, meaning you have to do the work. Okay, so let's not, let's not misunderstand. But you don't need to be a special person as, as one would perceive it, like, oh, you know, a, a great communicator, uh, you know, the, the, the extroverted person that could just, boy, can they carry a message. Boy, I wish I, I, I could have what they had. I didn't have what they had. It's, not for, it's for anyone. It's for anyone. And what happened to me is, is after taking step nine, Again, I always say I didn't hear, you know, angels and, and hear trumpets and see angels and hear trumpets. But I, I, I had, it quickly became apparent to me that I had a spiritual awakening sufficient to arrest this disease. It wasn't in my mind in the sense that, well, maybe kind of sort of, no, it happened. It still, it still is there. It happened. It either happens or it doesn't. It happened. Having had, I had a spiritual awakening as the result. So nonetheless, these promises, and when we speak specifically about, like uh, when it talks about a different outlook upon life, yes, God changed me. Larry didn't change me. God changed me. I rode my boat. I chopped my wood, whatever, whatever analogy metaphorically you want to see. But, but, but God changed me. I came into a new relationship with my creator. And so thus, you know, today I want to reach out to others. I couldn't reach out to others before because it wasn't within me and if you think well yeah but I, I i reach out to other people you know i did i did a lot of nice things for people when i was practicing the disease on occasion but i couldn't sustain it nor could i stay stopped from from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body so what i tell people is this this program and this recovered state is for anyone and it happens it's real we have to trust in the process we have to clean our house, and then you will want to help others. If you think to help others first and, you know, that, that like putting down the food, you, you, it just won't happen. You have to work the steps and then watch what happens. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. And Monica, you're up. Good morning. Thank you. My name is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And how exciting here. We're reading the promises and in, and uh, come with working, with doing, with doing step nine. And it was brought to my attention recently that, you know, 32 pages earlier, we were reading the bedevilments and that the promises are the other side of the bedevilments. And I was told when I read the bedevilments, my sponsor said to do this. She says, we were having trouble with personal relations, even abstinent. I couldn't control my emotional nature, even abstinent. I was prey to misery and depression, even abstinent. I couldn't make a living, even abstinent. We had a feeling of uselessness, even abstinent. I was full of fear, even abstinent. I was unhappy. That gives you an idea there. So here today, we are reading, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Doesn't that sound a whole bunch better than we were having troubles with personal relations? 
And the last one is, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Um, you know, we were full of fear before. We were a prey to misery and depression. That's the opposite of this one. We were prey to misery and depression. And now we're looking at our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. You know, wow, how hopeful, how amazing. And this says here, it's promised to us in black and white, and I know I'm jumping ahead to the next paragraph, but this is what held me on to going through this work, to sitting there every day and doing my writing, was that these promises will always materialize if we work for them. And so that's what I did. And and today... I can say, yes, when I was into my ninth step, after I'd made a few direct amends, these promises definitely started coming through. And it's just a beginning. And they're, and they're still coming true every day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. And Leah, you're up, please. Thank you, Katie G., for your service. Um, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Um, you know, obviously we're reading the promises today, and as we read them, we'll notice, you know, they all deal with the mind. They're not physical. They're something that has uh, changed within us. And, of course, you know, that's the transformation that occurs uh, through the process of these steps. These are the promises that manifest in our lives after completing steps one through nine. And it's the process of the spiritual awakening. And, you know, I can contrast them with the promises of my disease, the results of my disease, the results of my spiritual malady, which has been, you know, noted on page uh, 52. We know them as the bedevilments. That was the result of my disease. That was the result of a self-centered existence, of a separation from a higher power. These promises are the results of doing the steps of a spiritual awakening. You know, it says our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. You know, what is a personality? A personality is made up of my attitude and outlook, the way I interact with the world. That is a personality. So when it says here our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change, yes, exactly. That's the secret of these steps, that yes, indeed, it is possible to be able to effectuate such a dramatic change in personality, in character, and in values, in attitude and outlook. You know, and the steps are designed to do exactly that. The steps are designed to do one thing, and that is to cause a spiritual awakening, a profound personality change where a person goes from being a frightened, resentful, negative, uh, you know, person whose view of the world is one of great turmoil and trouble into someone who, um, you know, is positive and, and has a message of hope, has uh, a, a change in their vision. You know, what, what is this meeting called? This meeting is called A Vision for You. You know, the big book, the results of these pages of work uh, result in a new vision, a profound personality change where a person goes from being a frightened, negative, resentful, critical person whose view of the world is uh, trouble and mayhem into a positive person whose view of the world is bright and joyful. And you know what? 
perhaps nothing in their lives has changed. <laughs> perhaps they're still divorced. Perhaps they're still unemployed. You know, for me, I still got a large family, <laughs> thank God. I still have children with learning deficiencies. I still have uh, a husband to worry about who's in remission from cancer. Uh, you know, those things still are in existence in my life. But, uh, you know, but so there's no external reason for this change. So this change has taken place inside. The rearrangement and the displacement as a result of these steps has changed our vision. So abstinence and recovery as a result of these steps is more than just the simple elimination of binge foods, more than just a physical change, obviously. The program of recovery brings a wholeness, a soundness, a restoration, a reordered life, a renewed life, a new life, a new happiness as a result of this step process because there's a natural progression of turning us inside out from, from a life uh, of taking and self-centeredness to a life of giving and a desire we spill out. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. The energy begins to spill out to service for others because the quality of our consciousness determines our future. So if our consciousness is aligned with a new awakened spirit, then that is going to determine our day. You know, we get free of the ism, and we get awakened to that spirit as a result of these steps. And with that, I pass things. Thank you, Leah. And Rabia, please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. This is Rabia. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And thank you, everyone, for being here this morning and your passion for this recovery, um, I too would like to speak of our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change because now I have a God-centered life and I have stepped from bridge to shore, from the bridge of reason to the shore of faith. And on page 56, it, it reminds me that now I have a divine director in my life. I have been overwhelmed by a conviction of the presence of God, the presence of infinite power and love. And I remember I have fired myself. I am no longer the director of my life. I now have a God-centeredness and a God-consciousness and and that's why I have a whole new attitude and outlook upon life. And it is the direct result of um, coming upon this ninth step and doing all the work before this. And, and I'm so grateful for this design of living and the ease I have in my life today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ravia. And would anyone else like to comment on these three promises before we move on? This is Sharon in Colorado. Sure, Karen, Sharon. Hello? Go ahead. Okay, gonna, thanks, maybe. Go ahead. Yeah? Uh, oh, I've just heard so many wonderful things this morning, and I am so grateful uh, to hear each and every one of you share on these promises. And I, too, just uh, have to zero in on that. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. And I have the privilege to do this. 
um, that's a new word for me, the privilege. The privilege to pause and to pray, the privilege to uh, take a moment when I'm agitated or upset and to use these uh, principles in my life on a daily basis. And when I came in um, a couple years ago, July 2012, my life was a result of the disease, and it was exactly those bedevilments. And even some of the times that I was absent before but wouldn't be able to stay absent, I still experienced those bedevilments. So I, I really appreciated what Monica shared about even those when I was absent. But today, uh, by God's grace, you know, I, I know I'm jumping ahead too, but the result is that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And that's what I understand today, that God's grace is working in my mind and has helped me see the uh, seemingly truth of this disease for what it is, not trying to uh, make it be different or pretend that it is different, but to just accept it for what it is and then be willing to have God turn this mind of mine around, which prevents me from wanting to take that first bite that will send me down that dark road of uh, the bondage of food addiction again. And so I just want to um, thank everybody for what they've shared. Um, you know, last night I had a friend just stop by unexpectedly, which kind of um, wasn't what I was planning my evening to be. I was planning to make a call to someone, <clears throat> and she was beside herself with her finances and her, her uh, grandchild and, you know, all, all different things. And I was able to just be there to listen. And then um, she, too, is a part of, of a program, another program that I'm involved in. And I was able to just see myself in her that when we get fearful and we start to think that life depends on us, we are just lost. And so I was able to see that and be able to just bring back some of these things that I have been learning on this uh, phone line and share those with her. And that was, that was the gift I was given last night, even though it wasn't what I had planned for myself last night. I was able to, by God's grace, be there for another person that I wasn't even expecting to show up on my doorstep. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie, and thank you to everyone out on the line. Keep coming back. Thank you, Sharon. And I would now like to welcome us to move on to the last three promises, which include we will intuitively know how to handle situations used to baffle us. We will, oh, excuse me, fear of economic insecurity will leave us until the end of this paragraph. Um, and then the line is now open for sharing. This is Kim. Hello? Kim? Yes, Kim, please go ahead. I think there was someone after me, too. Yeah, I didn't hear their full name. Was there somebody else? So, Kim, we'll go ahead and get started. And um, if that person wants to say their name again, when Kim is done, I'll welcome that, that, uh, that share. Thank you, Katie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. You know, it doesn't say that people and economic insecurity will leave us, but our fear of them will leave us. And why is that? Because we've worked through these steps. We've gone through these steps four through nine. We've cleared away the wreckage of our past. 
So I'm just going to read two of the warnings in the eighth, in the ninth step, which allows us to do that. It says on page 78, we must lose fear of our creditors, no matter how far we have to go, for we are liable to drink if we're afraid to face them. So now that we're facing our financial truth, the fear of economic insecurity will leave us. There's still economic insecurity. I have a job that was very, uh, you know, affected by this extreme weather of the winter, and you know there has been layoffs. And if there, so there is economic insecurity, but my fear has left me. And I could really see as different things were happening in my company and people in my office were freaking out and forming resentments and, and battling against us against a man. But I don't have that luxury. I can't live in those resentments. And thank you, God, I've learned these, this skill set that I can get free of that. I can get free of the fear of economic insecurity, even when I'm in a place where I'm economically insecure. And then what about the fear of people? It says here on page 77, 7, simply we tell them we will never get over drinking until we've done our utmost to straighten out the past. So people are still going to be in our life, but if we go out and we make these amends, if we get right with our fellows, I can walk anywhere on this earth without wondering, oh no, I better not go to the mall because what if I run into so-and-so? I better not go to that family reunion because I'm not going to be able to be around Uncle Joe. So that's what this process does. When we clear away this wreckage, when we work these steps thoroughly and quickly, thoroughly does not mean volume and time. Thoroughly means have we followed the specific directions because we need to do this quickly because our breath is underwater. I'm not going to be able to handle economic insecurity and, and not pick up unless I have a spiritual awakening. I'm not going to be able to handle people in my life unless I have a spiritual awakening. And when I do that, when I work through that, the fear of those things will leave me. Now I'm a human being, so in step 10, 11, and 12, we're going to learn when these things crop up, and one of those things is fear. But I now have the ability not to sit in that fear. I love this saying, a bird can fly in your head, but you don't need to build a nest. I'm a human. Things are going to happen. But I don't need to sit in anymore. I have learned at this point the skill set of action that allow me to be free from my fear of people and free of my fear of economic insecurity. And that will leave me as long as I make this a design for living. If I get to this point and feel this promise and then I sit on my laurels, the fear will come up, the chatter in my head will start, start and I will pick up again. But in and of myself, I will pick up. But if I keep this channel open with God, which is what recovery means, recovery means of God, God has removed, because of the action steps I've taken, the obsession to eat. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And who else would like to comment on the last three lines of this paragraph? This is Nicole. Could I share? Sure, Nicole. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Nicole. I'm a recovered um, compulsive reader from Colorado. And um, I just wanted to share on the fear of people and um, I have always been uncomfortable around people and um, social situations and, and just have had a, had a fear of people. And when um, before I was recovered, any social situation, um, I would just, you know, eat and drink so that I could be comfortable. And it took me a long time um, after, um, after I became abstinent and, um, and then recovered to just be able to uh, be comfortable in social settings, and 
I would always um, feel very self-conscious, very uncomfortable, but um, I've realized that um, in recovery that I can focus on people and that I can go to a social situation and I can say, okay, who um, I'm going to, my point tonight is I'm going to be to talk to people and I'm um, going to, you know, get out of myself and learn about people and get to know people and, and make it about them. And um, that is just a direct result of recovery that I can focus on other people and then it takes the focus off myself and I don't feel self-conscious anymore. And um, I've realized that, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be a social person and I'm never going to, um, you know, seek out on my own to, to be in social situations. But um, when I'm in those, I can make it about other people. Um, I don't have to, you know, fill myself with with food or alcohol so that I can feel comfortable, that I can be myself and um, I can be comfortable in, in who God made me and I can make the social situation um, about other people and about getting to know people. And it's been such a blessing, um, you know, that I've gotten to know people and I've realized that I'm not this um, social weirdo like I always thought I was, that I can be um, that I can be just fine in social situations and I can contribute. And um, that's all I have with that. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. And who else would like to comment on the last three lines of this paragraph? Sheila. Okay. I heard Sheila and Monica. Sheila, go ahead. Was it Sarah? Maybe you heard? Oh, excuse me. Yes, it was. My ears are broken. Thanks, Sarah, for correcting me. Sarah, please go ahead. That's okay. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Um, good morning, everybody. My name is Sarah, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Uh, I, you know, this just gives so much hope um, for all of us. Um, and, you know, the thing I think to myself is I've finished the steps, but I'm not finished. You know, it's not a done deal. You know, we keep changing and we keep growing uh, is how I see it. And, you know, I wanted to focus on the part where it says, well, first of all, I want to go back to self-seeking will slip away. I always thought I was a very selfless person. I was a nurse. You know, I'm a nurse. You know, I do for other people. But it was always, you know, like with a cost. You know, it was always with a motive. So I wanted to just address that briefly. And then also, also this, and I don't feel like that anymore. You know, it's not like I'm looking to get something for the most part. I do have that come out once in a while. Uh, the other part I wanted to talk about is we um we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. And I think, you know, it brings me back to the idea that um, it, it talks about on page 55, we found the great reality deep, with, deep down within us. In the, in the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. And I think, you know, it's like that, you know, for me, what I, what I believe is that my higher power rests outside of me and within me and within you. So when I have situations that come up, like decisions to make, I will feel very, very directed when it's a God-centered decision. It's like there's no doubt in my mind that it's the right thing. It feels really comfortable and really good. And, and that's what I think it's talking about, those, you know, and that God is doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Um, I do have to take action in my life. And it's like I can't expect, you know, my higher power to, 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 
to to wave a magic wand over my head and say, okay, Sarah, today your your house is clean, your food is you know you know in the refrigerator that you need. You know, I have to take actions to to put the foods in my house that are appropriate for me to eat. I have to do the actions to make sure that I have contact with not only my higher power but other people outside, you know, inside the program, a sponsor, people that I'm working with, all those things. I have to take action to do those things. But with that, what what I can't do for myself, I know my higher power will do for me. That doesn't mean that everything will come out the way I want it to. Because sometimes the picture is so much bigger. And even through, you know, as, as other people were talking about, uh, you know, Life happens. I mean, sadness happens in our lives. Difficulties happen. But how do I get through it? You know, today we're not alone. We have a higher power and we have others with us. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. And finally, Monica. Thank you, Katie. Monica, once again, still a compulsive, recovered compulsive overeater. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And that was just the beginning. You know, wow, you know, how powerful. Now, um, I wanted to say that back on page 53, I wasn't feeling that way back on page 53 when it said to me, I had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? And I have to admit to you, when I read that, I made the old hairs stand up on my neck. Didn't sound like a whole bunch of fun to me. But what was my choice to be? All I knew at that point was I was powerless. I was screwed. And so it was like, well, will I develop a relationship with God by continuing working through these steps? Or do I want to stay in my disease? And I was told, that if I did this work, these promises would materialize. It's right there in black and white in the next paragraph. And so when I came to this point and did my ninth, you know, was making my amends and I saw these things coming through, it dawned on me one day, you know what? It is God. It's God, it's God, it's God. And today, um, four years after having crossed over and done my amends, I can really say this today and mean it. It is. It's God. It's God. It's God. And he keeps revealing to me all the time. Monica, turn to me. You know, you tell me you believe I'm all loving, all powerful. Then why aren't your actions doing that? So, Monica, if you believe your God is all loving and powerful and can do anything, then why don't you turn to him with everything? You know, and sometimes I, I, I'll find myself before I walk into the kitchen, I have a certain eating behavior, behavior called cutting meat. That's an issue for me. And many times I'll say, okay, God, I'm going to that kitchen. And you know, this is crazy Monica here and I need your help. And I know today when I sincerely ask my higher power for help, it's a done deal. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica, and thank you to everyone who has shared on these incredible, uh, this incredible set of promises, and we are now going to close the meeting with the reading from the big book. 
on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And will Sally please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, good morning, Katie. It's Sally. Um, Good morning, A Vision for You. It's Sally, Recovered Compulsive Reader in South Jersey. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.